Before we get started, you know, I, um, when, my, when my mother uh, was, a, was a young woman many, many years ago, um, she, um, she used to have a nursing home ministry. And she would go, after, after church, she would go to the nursing home and she would do a Bible study with a bunch of people there. And there was an older guy, Harold. I can't remember his last name. He's Cape Verdean, but I, I And, and um, I learned uh, to play pool while my mother was doing Bible study. But I'll never forget the, one of the first things he said to me. And it kind of always stuck with me. He said, listen, uh, pool is about accuracy. But you won't always be accurate. <laughs> you, you strive for it. And so as I... As I try to bring the word of God today, I'm going to strive for accuracy. Uh, but I won't mention pool anymore because that uh, starts with P and rhymes with T, and that stands for trouble. <laughs> I, <laughs> I asked my family, how, how long do you think it'll take uh, Daddy to do uh, Romans 1, chapter 1 through 8? So, uh, yeah, I've only got five pages of notes, so, so it'll be fine. What time is it? Oh, yes, fine. Totally fine. So before, before I begin, I, I'd like, I'd like to, to pray because uh, I need the Lord's help. Uh, I don't want these to be my words. Father God, I, I pray that I diminish and you increase, that my words go away and your words flourish. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I, I, I named this uh, Sin, Judgment, and Salvation, and I thought it would tie in nicely with, with Mark's uh, uh, talk last week. Um, where, where he talked, he talked about what uh, Gehenna, what hell uh, was like, and Sheol, and that kind of thing. Uh, but today I'm going to, yeah, the, the, the book of Romans, uh, Paul, first of all, I feel totally unqualified to take Paul's words and try to make them understood, because Paul, like, uh, he probably would have had like five PhDs. I mean, this, this, the man and the way he puts his sentences together is absolutely brilliant. And so it's, for, for me, I find it very challenging because, in, in fact, I've read this book a bunch of times and I came across a phrase here and I was like, I never even noticed that before. What does that mean? Like, that, that's, and, I, and I've read this and read this and read this and still you come across things, you're like, what is Paul saying there? Uh, and so I wanna, I, I, I'm not, this is not a verse by verse exposition, could possibly do eight chapters. But, but Paul lays out, in the beginning, he lays out a case for, for sin and who falls in that category. Guess what? You're in it. Okay? <laughs> Number two, he lays out God's judgment on sin. That, that's, not, that's not in question. God judges sin. But then he gives you the hope. He gives you, he gives you salvation. He, he, he lays out Christ as the saving uh, Messiah. Right, so um, I, I want to. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna read. Obviously, I'm not gonna read eight chapters of Romans. I'm not gonna do that. I'd like to, but I won't. Uh, but I want to start uh, right there in, in verse uh, 16 uh, and 17. And you guys know these verses, but I want. I want to see if you catch something. He says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for it is the righteousness of God, for the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, 
the righteous shall live by faith. And if you notice, I'm not wearing glasses because I got big print. I'm so happy. This is my favorite new Bible. All right. Uh, There was was a phrase there that that just, I was like, I I don't know how many times I've read this and I didn't catch it. And that's that faith for faith statement. That's a very interesting statement. And and I I was like, has Paul used this before? He hasn't used that particular one, but he did. He does in Corinthians talk about life for life and death for death. And he's talking about the totality uh, from from, from, uh, you, you are born spiritually dead. And you will continue spiritually dead until death, unless you have, you have life, and then you have, can, uh, you have spiritual life, which continues until the end. I, I didn't. I, I read a lot of things about that particular statement there, uh, and lots of people have lots of ideas, <laughs> as always. But but what gave me clarity is his statement afterwards. If you just try to take a verse by itself. And you just, you just keep it all by itself, it can be very confusing. But if you take that verse and you look at it in context, you can understand it. So what is the statement after that? Is the righteous shall live by faith. What Paul is saying is that the, 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 that, uh, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith. We, we receive faith and it carries us through. There is nothing else in the believer's life that carries them through. Not wealth. Not power, not anything. It is faith that carries a believer through the whole way. And so before Paul, because his next statement is going to be like, I'm going to talk about the wrath of God, (laughs) right? But before he gets there, he makes sure that the believer understands that it is faith that carries him through for everything. And so before we get into this, and I, I want you to understand that faith is what carries you. It's nothing else. It's not it's not your intellect. You don't get there that way, right? I know some very smart people who don't understand this, right? It's not, it's not intelligent, but faith is what carries you through. And so I love that before Paul gets into his, into, into his uh, deep theological discussion, he says, hey, but you, you, you live by faith, right? So let's remember that as we, as we tear through this. So... Um, what happens next is, is uh, Paul exposes sin, and he tells us exactly what it is. Um, and sin is not confusing. I hope you understand that. Like, it's not like, hmm, what is sin, what's not sin? It's not confusing at all. It's very clear what sin is. For the wrath of God, starting in verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress truth. Sin is lies about God. Sin is the opposite of what God proclaims. God says one thing, sin is the opposite. Sin is a lie. They suppress, think about that, they suppress, they hold down truth with lies. That's what, that's, what, that's what sin is. God reveals himself, and a lie comes in and says, no, don't believe that. For what can be known about God is plain to them, because God has shown it to them. Gotta love that verse. You have, God doesn't hide. He's not like, hey, I would love to tell you the truth, but I just, I can't do it, I'm gonna hide it from you. He, he has revealed it 
from the, from the first day of creation until today, his truth is revealed. The problem is sin suppresses the truth. And we believe lies over truth. We believe lies all about ourselves. We believe lies about society. We believe lies about our neighbors. We believe lies about our leaders. We believe in lies because that's what sin does and it permeates this world. For his invisible attributes, that's the things you can't see about God, right? Namely, his eternal power and divine nature have clearly been perceived ever since the creation of the world. So, uh, uh, in the things that have been made, so they, that's us, by the way, they, they, are without excuse. For although they knew God, and I want to, I, I keep saying the word they there, I want you to understand, this is mankind. This isn't, this is like, this is a certain people group that does this. No, this is, this is men. This is human beings. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. How quickly did that happen in the garden? Right? The, Satan came in and he didn't, he didn't tell them, he didn't, he didn't, he didn't come along and, 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 and uh, trick them. That, that's a, that, I, think, I think that's a lot, like a, lot, a lot of us want to believe. Like he tricked Adam and Eve. No, there, there, was already, there was already something there that was willing to believe in their lie. And Satan came along and said, hey, did God really say? And then he twisted the scripture a little bit, twisted what God said. And then all of a sudden, Adam and Eve were believing a lie. Truth was suppressed. A lie was elevated. And they fell out of God's grace. For they did, not, uh, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they came futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were dark, darkened. Now here we are, claiming to be wise, they became fools. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men, birds, and animals, and creeping things. When creation is worshipped over the creator, that's a lie. That's a lie. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying that creation should be uh, taken care of. We, we, were, we were told we'd be stewards over the earth. But we are not to worship any created thing ever. Ever. Only God. Only him. All the time, nothing else. And as soon as we begin to worship something else, as soon as something else becomes the focus of our thought life, we are exchanging truth for a lie. And so what did God do? He said, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll let you. <laughs> I was... One of the things about being a parent is you, you see the scripture all the time and you go like this and then you're like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> <Right? laughs> I remember once, once talking to Logan that said, if you would just listen to me and do the things that I would tell you, it would. <laughs> hmm. Sounds a little familiar. Uh, and so I, 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 I see parental things in the scripture all the time. 
And I, and I see it right here. I, I, I see where, where it says, Therefore, God gave them up to their lust. He let them, he let them follow it. There, there have been times when, uh, as a parent, uh, tell my kids, don't do that, don't do that. And they're like, you know, go ahead, do it. <laughs> you, know, you, 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 you want to you run down the hill? Go for it. I told you not to three times. Now run down the hill, see what happens. Yeah, well, now you're crying. Right? So there, are, there are times, there are times, that, like, God will let you fall. Because what, what, what God doesn't, what God doesn't want, what God doesn't do, is create a bunch of robots who just blindly, autonomously worship Him. Like, He wants true heart love. God doesn't make anybody love Him. It doesn't work that way. He doesn't make anybody obey Him doesn't work that way. He wants your heart to desire him and to follow his ways. That's what he wants. Then you are a follower of God. So what does he do when you don't follow? Go for it. Therefore God gave them up to the lust of their hearts, to impurity, to dishonoring their bodies amongst themselves. And it goes on to a whole list of, 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 uh, of uh, shameless acts, right? Dishonorable passions, right? But it doesn't go there. Like, like the first paragraph, like 24 through uh, 27, is like, uh, you know, the, the unmentionables, right? Those are things we don't, you know. Uh, but, but 28 and on, it, it, it goes on, uh, where all of a sudden you realize, I'm in the list. This, is, this, isn't, this isn't a list for those most horrible people. Those people are so bad. And he's going he's gonna to call it out right at the beginning of chapter 2. We'll get there. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, verse 28, God gave them up to a debased mind. That's the lowest mindset. Animal. You know, grunting, groaning on the ground. Animal. Right? Rooting around like a pig. Never planned to say that, I'm sorry. It just came out. <laughs> and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not be done. And they were filled with all manner of what? Unrighteousness, evil, covetousness. Ever desire somebody else's stuff? Malice. Ever been angry to the point where you wish somebody to be harmed? They are full of envy, murder. Jesus defined murder as hatred of your brother. Strife, ever argue, ever cause division? Deceit. Anybody lie? No hands are going up. What's going on here? All right. <laughs> I'll be the first. Maliciousness. They are gossips. Can you believe what Joel did the other day? Let me tell you. He's such a bad guy. Slanderers. Let me tell you what Joel did, but really didn't do. That's slander. Fool, uh, 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 slanders, haters of God. Boy, if, if you caught something on this list that you're like, oh man, I've been guilty of that, you're in the list with haters of God. That's where you fall. That's where sinners fall. In this list. Don't ever think that you're okay. 
that you've, that, you, that you've arrived. Well, we'll get to how you can get there. <laughs> Haughty. No one uses that word anymore. That's, that's arrogant. Boastful. Never been guilty of that. <laughs> I love this one. Inventions of evil. Boy, mankind is good at inventing evil. We, are, we excel at being uh, inventive in evil ways. You can look at, look at the history of mankind and the things we have done to each other. Are you kidding me? Heartless, ruthless. Although they know God's righteous decree, boy, there's, there's, there's a sting. They're not doing it because they don't know. They know when they're still doing it. We know, and we're still doing it. Although they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice. Boy, uh, society today in America? <laughs> Man, we love perversion. We love it. We chase after it. It's, in every, it's, it's, it's all around us all the time. And we give approval. We, oh, so wonderful. You're at the Oscars. You're at the Grammys. We love you. Perversion. It's perversion. And we celebrate it. And that's why Paul goes on to say in verse, uh, chapter 2, verse 1, Therefore you have no excuse, O man. Just in case you understand, O man is all of us. <laughs> There's no one left out in that statement. It, it, it could say, you human. <laughs> Every one of you who judges. And there, there boy, there's, there's, the, there's the, 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 the verse that's so taken out of context. What's Paul saying here? He's saying, don't you dare say that people group is unworthy. Because you weren't worthy. And you weren't worthy, and you weren't worthy, and you weren't worthy. None of us were worthy. And so don't you stand there now that God has redeemed you, and he has saved you, that you go, they're not worthy of being saved. What people group is that? What sinner is that that doesn't deserve being saved? And Paul is being very clear. You're, you're in that. In that list I just said, you're in it. And don't you dare to say that someone in that list is not worthy like, like you. If I can save you, I can save them. It doesn't mean we don't judge behavior. Don't ever let anybody tell you that we're not called to judge behavior. That all throughout scripture calls us to judge behavior. We're, spo we're, supposed, to, we're supposed to call sin, sin. It's, 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 it's a lie that we're like, oh, you, should, you can't judge me. No, no, I, I, can, I can tell you that that's wrong according to God's word. Like, that, I'm allowed to do that. I'm not allowed to say you're not worthy of salvation. That's what I'm not allowed to do. That belongs to God. And it's a good thing, too, because if I was God, I wouldn't be saving anybody. Nah! I'm sorry. That's, see, that's the youth group guy popping out. Hi! For in passing judgment on another, you condemn yourself. 
because you, the judge, practice the very same things. God doesn't allow you to get away with, 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 with you being the judge. He never called you to be the judge. And you know why? Because we're just as guilty as the person standing in front of us. You found yourself in that list somewhere, I'm sure. You're just as guilty. So how can you then stand there and say, you're not worthy? Who's worthy? I wasn't worthy. I was the worst kind of human being. I was not deserving of salvation. And God smacked me hard with it. Amen. I, uh, I looked up this thing. I shared it with the... Um, I shared it with the Sunday school, but I'll share it here too. Um, you can read all sorts of articles about the Roman decline, right? Uh, but, but I found this list that it's five things, and man, I was like, America. Okay? So these were the five things that denoted the decline of the Roman Empire. The first one was appearing affluent over wealth building. Let that sink in a little bit. I, I remember once I went to, um, <laughs> I went to get a, uh, so we were buying a refrigerator from someone and they, they lived in a single wide trailer that was falling apart. Uh, and I went into the living room and there was a six foot television. It was bigger than the living room. Like what? Um, that we have, how, how many of you are in debt? No, don't actually raise your hand, but yeah, okay, debt. Why are we in debt? Because we want to appear affluent. We don't actually, we can't actually afford it. But man, we want to look the part because riches, what? Is it godly? No. We do, we do that for other reasons. We do that, we do that to make ourselves feel better, to make people around us think that we're doing better. Affluence, the appearance of affluence over, over wealth building. Uh, anybody know how much America's in debt right now as a country? Boy, we have the appearance of wealthy. We have the appearance, but we're so broke that if you rounded up all our wealth, we couldn't pay half of what we owe. When that debt comes a-calling, we can't pay it. We appear wealthy, but we are not. Number one. Number two, there is an obsession in our society with sex and perversion. You can't deny this. You, you can't go to a grocery store and with the magazine racks you can't turn on a television. You can't watch YouTube. You can't go on Facebook without perversion being in your face. We are obsessed with it. This is, a, this is an interesting one. I want you to think about this one, too. Art becomes freakish and sensational over creative and original. You know how, how many great artists were followers of God who got their inspiration from God? 
What great art has America produced in the last 100 years? Oh, well, maybe 50. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to play around with people. Sorry. Right, right now, there, there is nothing but perversion in the, in, in the arts, and that includes radio, television, music, what, whatever. It's, it, there's, nothing, there's nothing original. There's nothing that's creative. It's all offensive, and we love offensive because that's who we are, haters of God. Number four was there is a vast gap between the very rich and the very poor. That's still true today. In fact, I would say our government has waged war on the middle class for 50 years, and they have about decimated it. The, the, our politicians have aligned themselves with the very, very wealthy, and the very, very wealthy get rewarded, and everybody else they throw crumbs at. Which comes to the last point. There is a demand to live off the state. When a, uh, when a, when a nation no longer wants to work and support itself, but just be given things, we're in trouble. And I, and I would say these five things are actually judgment. They are God's judgment. He is saying, that's what you want. Here it is. You, you, want, you, want, to, you want to be rich but not really be rich? G give it to you. You want, you, want to, you want to chase after perversion? I'll give it to you. You want, you want, to, you want, to, you, you want your art to be disgusting? I'll give it to you. You, 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 want, to, you want to have disparity between uh, the classes? I'll give it to you. You want to not work and just be given things? I'll give it to you. That's judgment. That's not a, that's not a, these aren't blessings from the Lord. This is like, hey, here you go. <laughs> you wanted it. Now you got it. How many times I've, uh, I, as a parent, kids ask for something and finally you're like, yeah, all right, I'll give that to you. Let's see how that, this is going to work out. By the way, it never works out. <laughs> Where's Daniel? Doesn't work out, Daniel. Seth, he's hiding. He hides behind the computer. He didn't even. He didn't even look at me. <laughs> All right. Um, futile thinking. Heart is darkened. Right. Worship of creator over creation. It seems. The end result is sexual perversion, and our God has uh, let it happen. He said, you want it? Here it is. You, and the, with the understanding that absolutely this means that our society, your society, is going to die. You're going to die. What's, 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 what's sin's purpose? What does sin want to do? Come on, scripture people. What does it want to do? Still kill and destroy. That's what's happening in America today. So verses uh, 1, 6, we see... Um, no, I think it's supposed to say... Did it say 6? No, it's not supposed to be 6. I don't know. Oh, it's 2, 6. He will render to each according to his works... To those who by patience and well-doing seek glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. 
Paul's not, Paul's not messing around here. He's not saying, hey, it might be uncomfortable. Wrath and fury. Do you want to, be, do you want to stand in the path of God's wrath and fury? I mean, that's what Christ did for us. He stood in the path of God's wrath and fury and took it all. We couldn't handle it. Wow, I really jumped ahead here. That's good because that's we're only on page two, and I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, judgment is on all, on all unrighteousness. Like, be, like Paul, Paul is actually laying the case in chapter 2 and chapter 3. Paul's laying the case that, because, because he hasn't even gotten to salvation yet. He hasn't gotten there yet. But he's laying the case like, everybody's unrighteous. Everybody's unworthy. Right? What does it say? Uh, uh, verses, uh, uh, verses 9 through 18 of chapter 3. What then? Are we Jews any better off? No, not at all. <laughs> For we have already charged that both Jews and Greeks are under sin. As it is written, no one is righteous. No, not one. No one understands. No one seeks God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. And he's quoting a bunch of different areas of the, 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 the gospel here. I mean, the, the, the Old Testament. Their throat is an open grave. When they speak, death comes out. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps, asps is under their lips. Their mouths, their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. In their paths are ruin and misery, and the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Boy, and if you look at, we've been studying Proverbs downstairs. If you, if, if you pay attention to Proverbs, a lack of fear of God is a lack of wisdom. That's, that's undisputed. <laughs> like, if you're reading Proverbs, that's what it tells you. You don't fear God, no wisdom. Doesn't work. Right? And so, this, this, is, this, this, this list here is, is, a, is the lack of wisdom in people. When we are without God, now, now those of us who are Christians, we, we have the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We have, we have wisdom imparted to us that's not our own. And so all of a sudden, we, 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 we no longer think and act like this. But this is our natural state. This is who we are. And God's judgment has to come against it. If God, if God didn't judge sin, then he's not righteous. A righteous God judges unrighteousness. We have to understand that. I have no idea where I am. I, I can barely read my writing, to be honest with you. This is like the writings of a madman. <laughs> like what is that? <laughs> it comes so fast sometimes. I'm just going like this, and I don't even know what I'm writing. Paul talks about the circumcision of the heart. He says, "Oh, what does it matter if you're circumcised and your heart isn't right?" He said, "Isn't it better that a Greek who's never been circumcised but follows God? 
Isn't he more worthy than you who, who are circumcised? And don't follow God. What is outward appearances? What, is, what, is, what, is, what do these things mean? It doesn't mean anything. You can't, you can't fake it. You think you're going to fool God? You, you can't. You can't. If you want to be judged by works, you will be disappointed. Disappointed. I don't even want to be judged by works. I'm like, oh, I don't even know. Nah, I'm, I'm way off base there. Like, if, if you want to, to weigh my good versus my bad, no, please don't do that. Please don't do that. I don't think the scale even works. Like, <laughs> works without Christ is worthless. You do anything outside of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the love of Jesus Christ that is in your heart, you do anything outside of that, no value. What, this is what he said about Abraham. He said, what shall we say? Because what's, what's, a, what's, a, what's a good Jewish leader going to do? Let's talk about Abraham. Like, that's the, the father of our religion. Let's go there. Like he goes right to Abraham. He says, all right, let's look at Abraham. What shall we say then, verse chapter 4, was gained by Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. Works apart from God only impress men. They don't impress God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. Now to the one who works, his wages are not counted as a gift but as his due. And to the one who does not work but believes in him, who justifies the ungodly, that's me, ungodly, his faith is counted as righteousness. Just as David also speaks of the blessing of the one to whom God counts righteousness apart from works. Blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his sin. That's where you want to be. I, I, I love this statement because I, I, I used to tell this story. So, uh, if, I, if I ask uh, Joshua to wash my car, say, Joshua, wash my car, I'll give you $20. And so Joshua washes my car, and I say, hey, Joshua, when he's all done, I say, I got a gift for you. Here's the $20 for washing my car. Is that a gift? He worked and earned it. You can't, you can't, you can't take what is a gift and earn it. You don't. Kids, you don't earn your Christmas presents. You're not worthy of any of the presents you've ever gotten, ever. <laughs> not worthy. Do, do you get it? It's, you know, you know this, this is it's actually the lie of Santa. Like, if you're good all year, you get presents. No! Oh, I'm sorry, the young ones here? I'm sorry. Do you, do you understand? You, you, can't, you, can't earn, you, can't, you can't earn a gift. It's not a gift. It can't, can't be earned. It's a fallacy. And so what, what, is, what is Paul saying? Like, Abraham did nothing. In fact, he received God's grace before he was ever even circumcised. 
He received God's grace the moment he said, you know what? <laughs> and think about it. He, was, he talks about it in this passage here. His body was broken. His wife's body was broken. They were old. They were old. And, they, and God's like, yeah, you're going you're gonna to be the father of many. I believe you. I believe you. Imagine that. In fact, he said, look at the stars. And that was before light pollution. Right? There's a lot of of stars. You ever go to a place where there's no light pollution, you're like, wow! There's a lot of stars. See, I grew up in a town where there was a lot of light pollution. It was like, oh, there's like five. (laughs) No, there's a lot. The first time I came to Maine, I was like, oh, there's a lot of stars. This is is the point. Like, uh, Abraham received his, his, his gift from God before he acted out anything. He just believed. God said, this is what I'm telling you. Do you believe me? And he said, yes. Although I am old and my wife is old, right? And when Sarah heard it, what'd she do? She laughed. <laughs> Isn't it interesting what they named their son? What does Isaac mean? Laughter. I think there was a connection there. Just saying. She was like, well, I laughed when I heard it, but now I'm really laughing because I have a son, right? So, so we see that, that Abraham receives, he receives this mercy, right? We, 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 we see it playing out. Not to the one who works, but his wages are not counted to him as a gift, but as his due. But to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly. Now I want to jump to one of my favorite verses, 5-3. I think it's 5-3 or 5-6. Yeah, 5-6, I'm sorry. <clears throat> This, this is one, so uh, if anybody knows my testimony, what, what time am I supposed to stop? One or two? <laughs> two, okay, all right, good. Phew. All right, so if anybody knows my testimony, like uh, I loved India for a long time before she loved me. Shame on you. And, uh, <laughs> but she went, she went down south. And, uh, but she would call me, and she was, she was, uh, she, she was going to church, and, and, and her life was transforming. And, uh, and she told me, oh, my favorite book is Romans. And I was in, in an unregenerate state, although I was in the process of being sober. Like, that, that process was going on. If anybody knows about long-term stuff, there's a little window there before brain starts working right. Um, and so, uh, so I, I hung up the phone. I was like, I'm going to read Romans. Because next time she calls, I'm going to wow her. <laughs> I'm going to know so much about Romans. <laughs> right? Hey, it worked. Whatever. It worked. Because I got to, because I got to, I got to chapter 5, verse 6. And it says, uh, for while we were still weak. And I love, I, I love, I think it's the NIV. It says, at just the right time. At just the right time. While we were still weak, Christ died for the ungodly. And I went, I'm ungodly. I'm, I'm ungodly. Like, I didn't go to church because my mother had been going to church for a while, and I didn't want to go to church because people would go, there's Pam's son. Like, you know, because everybody knew I was a nut. Like, and I, so I didn't feel comfortable showing up at church because I was a nut. Um, and they all knew it. But the truth is, at just the right time, God showed up and transformed my life. Uh, 
you, you, can't, you, you, you can't unconvince me of God's eternal mercy. You can't convince me that someone's not worthy of salvation. You can't convince me that someone cannot be saved. You can't convince me of that because I, did not, I do not belong here. Not in the life that I lived. Not in the person that I was. No way. Don't belong. I'm only here. I'm only friends with Tom because of Christ. I'm only friends, I'm only friends with you, brother, because of Christ. I would not be here if it wasn't for Christ. He transformed my life. That's what the, the, so this whole thing about sin and judgment comes down to mercy. We're all deserving. But his mercy is greater. So who's righteous? No one. Who's sinned? Everybody. How do you receive grace? Faith. Faith. God says, do you believe me? Faith. Believe me. I, 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 I'm saying it. Like the, the, holy, the, the holy and righteous God who laid out chapters 6, through, uh, 1 through 8 is saying, I can do it. You can't. You can't. But I can. The law of sin and death. What shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. So what's the point, what's the point of all the things that point out our sin? What's the point? Tells us we need a Savior. If you look at all the law and you go, I can't, I can't follow. Yep, now you got it. You're heading in the right direction. If you, if you think that you, you, can, you can, well, I can do, I can do five out of, out of 20. <laughs> I, can, I can do that much. What, what Paul says about the law is like, it, listen, if you want to follow the law, you better do it perfectly. You better do it perfectly. And you not only do it perfectly, but you do it perfectly with the perfect heart. Good luck. Can't be done. You need Christ's salvation. He went to the cross to take that burden because we are unable, we are incapable, we have no means of dealing with our sin. How, how long are you going to go today without sin? Sorry, Tom. Tom is always laughing at me. <laughs> this is a great story. There's a man, and uh, he's in bed, and he says, Lord, it's been a good day so far. I haven't sinned. I haven't had any bad thoughts, but pretty soon I'm going to have to get up out of this bed and start my day. <laughs> you can't, you can't, how far do you make it? How far does your thought life take you? No, you're in need of a Savior. Let's jump to chapter 8 because that's where I wanted to end anyways. I don't need notes for chapter 8. It's my favorite chapter. And I'm going to go, I'm going to jump to the end. Uh, well, I'm going to jump to the half the end. Or half the, cha half the chapter. I'm going to start at verse 18 and I'm going to go to the end. And I'll talk in between because that's what I do. For I consider the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is revealed to us. Think about that. Paul suffered too. He suffered terribly. 
He's like, this isn't even prepared. Oh, the glory the, 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 that we're, we're going to receive, I'll suffer all day long for a hundred years if I can get to that glory of God. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For, for creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, because of him who subjected it, in the hope that creation itself will be set free from the bondage of corruption and obtain the freedom of glory of the children of God. Boy, I, I can't wait till creation is, 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 is like, I want gardens that you don't have to weed. Like, that's what, <laughs> right? That's going to be awesome. It's, it, it just produces fruit all the time. That's all it ever does. That'll be great. <laughs> Anyways. And those of you who aren't gardeners are like, what is he talking about? Uh, for we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, amen, thank you, Lord, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sons. We're waiting for that final adoptive process. We will finally be home with our Father. For in this hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope. I, lo I love that. If, if, you, if, if it needs to be tangible in front of you, you touch it, you, you're not hoping. Then, then it's, a, it's a thing. Hope, hope is not seen. It's, 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 it's here. It's intangible. It's, it's something different. Uh, the old pastor of ours used to say it's other. It's other. For in this hope we were saved, down to verse 24, now hope that is, not, uh, that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. Like, I don't have a plate of, you know, uh, lasagna in front of me. Like, gee, I hope I can eat that. No, it's there. I'm eating it, right? It's, 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 it, that, that's not what it is. It's something unseen. But we hope for what we do not see. We wait for it with patience. Well, that's tough. I don't even get into that because it's already late. Uh, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Thank you, Lord. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. I love the fact that, that I, can pray, uh, I can pray a prayer that, that doesn't make sense. And, and the Holy Spirit's like, I'll clear that up before it gets up, before it gets up to the big guy. I'll, I'll straighten that out for you. I'll, you know. I'll put, I'll put the appropriate punctuation in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I killed myself. I wish I could stop the words before they came out. I wish there was an app for that. Uh, and he who searches the hearts knows uh, what is in the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Imagine that, like, yeah, yeah. Your, your prayers are interceded by the Holy Spirit and brought before God, and they line up with the will of God. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to conform to the image of his Son in order that he might be first born among brothers. That's a whole theological thing that I'm just going to sidestep. Uh, and those who he predestined, is another one I'm going to sidestep, uh, also, he also called, and those he called, he also justified, and those who he justified, he glorified. The beauty of that is, 
you are brought from one position to another position and it has nothing to do with you. You, you, can, you can pull all sorts of theology out of that, but in the simplicity of it, you are one way and he moves you to another way. Amen. And we can argue about the other stuff. Just like the apostles argued. What shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Amen. He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for a few? No, that's not what it says. All. Who, who, who can receive the salvation? Who can potentially receive the salvation? All. Unfortunately, it doesn't work like that, though, does it? It's available. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? No matter what, no matter what you're accused of, and especially under persecution, doesn't matter. What, the, what this is saying is God, God is your judge. God is your judge. Who cares what charges man brings against you, especially those who are in the list in chapter uh, two, uh, chapter one. Who cares what charges they bring? He justifies you. It is, uh, it is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Jesus Christ is the one who died. More than that, who was raised and who was at the right hand of God and who is interceding for us. You know, I, I've had a lot of lawyers over the years. I wish I had had Jesus. He wins every time. Right? That's, it's, a beautiful, it's a beautiful picture. That, that, that uh, because you're going before a judge, you want a good lawyer. And if you go before the only righteous judge, you better have the only righteous lawyer. And that's Jesus Christ. Don't go before God without Jesus Christ. You're guilty. Just saying. He knows it. We know it. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And I love this one. I love this. Uh, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So tribulation or distress or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, as it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long, and we, regard, uh, and we are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. <clears throat> uh, no, in all things we are more than conquerors of him who loves us. And if you have a, a different version, the next verse says, for I'm convinced. The ESV doesn't say that. Uh, I, I, I love when it says for I'm convinced because what it tells me is that at one point Paul was not convinced of this. But the Lord changed his mind. And now he's convinced he knows this to be true. What does he know to be true? Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of Jesus Christ our Lord. I remember I had a, um, we used to have a Monday night group back in, back in Massachusetts, and we had a, a young man who came, and he was, he was of Catholic origin, um, which tends to, tends to if, you don't, if you don't do certain things, uh, you fall out of that salvation realm, right? And so he was, he was struggling with us 
to try to understand. He says, well, I, I, don't, I, don't go, I don't go to Mass anymore. I don't go to confession. I don't take communion. Clearly, I am not a believer. And our, our answer was, well, we don't know whether you're a believer either because we've only known you for an hour. So I'm not going to pass judgment that way. But this, this is what I will say, that if you're a believer and the, and the love of Christ has been given to you, no death, no life, no angel, no ruler, no things present, things to come, powers, no height, no depth, nor anything else in all of creation. If you are his, you are his. He will sustain you. He will carry you through. You will make it to the end. Because you're his. You're part of creation. Amen? He says, nothing in all of creation, which includes yourself. It includes you. Now, I'm not saying that to say that, you know, some, 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 some uh, you know, uh, some kind of really weak, Understanding of belief carries that same thing. But when you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are his, you are, you, and there's nothing even you can do. Now, I would, I would, I would posit that there are, there are, there are, there are things that we could talk about within that verse. But the truth is, when, when, when God uh, has put his has, has centered his love on you. You're his, you're his, and I and I want everybody in this room. I want everybody out there. I want my whole family. I want them to be his, because there's nowhere else to be. There's nothing else that matters. Everything else, worthless, no value. The only thing that has value is the love of Christ. And if you haven't accepted that love today, hey, talk, talk to me, talk, talk to somebody. Because that love of Christ, that, that faith that is given from God to us is, is so important. I, I, I would hate for you to walk out the door today and not know that you're his. That's devastating. No one should ever walk out of this church and not understand that. It should, be, it should be preached, and it is preached. Thank you, Brian. Uh, Mark Gaddis. The, the, the understanding that, uh, that Christ is supreme in our salvation and that it's superior over everything else. Nothing else matters. That's got to be our goal. That's got to be our aim as a church. We can, we can have all sorts of programs. We can have VBS. We can have all sorts of programs. If, if, we're not, if we're not reaching people with the love of Christ, we are failing. Paul lays it out. It's the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that matters. We can, we can argue about all sorts of other stuff, and we're good at arguing. We, we, we could have a whole other sermon on arguing <laughs> and discussing uh, deep theological things. But this, is, this, is, this really isn't deep theological stuff. I mean, well, it is. But it's simple, too. The love of Christ.